Well, good morning, everyone. It's your favorite courses. Uh, today is another episode strictly based on Bible study. Okay, so we'll be reading John, um, Matthew chapter 1. That is the whole Matthew chapter 1. I wouldn't want to read it here so it wouldn't take much time. You wouldn't get bored. So um, we'll be reading Matthew 1. Then genesis chapter one and also genesis chapter two but then i'll just kind of uh bring out lessons that we can learn from matthew chapter one and genesis chapter one and two. First of all let me bring out the insights we can see that's the benefits or maybe things we can learn from genesis chapter one genesis chapter one in tell is, is talking about god's creation how god created the heavens and earth how it was without form, how God said, let it be, and it was, how uh, and how everything happened. You know, we know about the creations of God. This is what Genesis chapter 1 is telling us, how God created man. Now, the first insight is God created everything on this planet Earth just by spoken word, let it be. This shows that no matter how big or large our troubles are, it can be subdued by a spoken word from our master. Genesis chapter 1 teaches us that our troubles, the tribulations we pass, can be subdued just by a spoken word from God. It's trying to encourage us here. If God could create the whole planet, like everything we are seeing entirely, if God could create it just by his spoken word, let there be, and everything is so organized, that means that nothing is too big for God to do. The second insight, it said that the earth was formless. This is also trying to encourage someone. No matter how small you think you are, God can make something big out of you. There's this passage of the Bible that says, can something good come out of Nazareth? Of course, something good can even come out of Nazareth. If something good can actually come out of Nazareth, how much more you? You know, sometimes in my life, I belittle myself. I may think that I'm not good enough. So many people are better than me. Or even you've received negative words from people, from your friends, from family, from your spouses. You know, from people entirely. And then you feel so small. You feel belittled. Genesis chapter 1 is trying to tell you that if the earth was formless. And then God made it to have, to have form. So no matter how small you think you are. No matter how stupid you think you are. God can make something big out of you. God can change you. Hallelujah. Amen. It also said... God created us in his own image. In his own image. God created us in his own image. Now, let me draw a picture. If you are made in the image of someone, tell me, what does it imply? It totally entails that you are just like that person. For example, now, when someone uh, tells you, uh, you are made in the image of, uh, of a particular God, in your village, maybe traditionally. That means like you're just like that person. You expect the person character, the person attributes. This is what this passage 
is trying to tell us now that if God created us in his own image, that means we are also God. Like we are God. We are just like him. That means all the attributes of God is in us. Praise the Lord. God also showed us his blessings and promises for our lives. We can see that in verse 28 and 29 when he said that we will multiply, we'll be in good health. You know, he showed us his blessings. He showed us his promises. So when you feel down, when you feel discouraged in life, when people are telling you that you can't do this, when uh, people have said negative things to you, always remember, let it be your consciousness that God has blessed you, that God has promised good things for you. He has something in stock for you. Just try to read Genesis chapter two into uh, Genesis chapter one, verse eight and nine. That is where you will see the blessings of God and the promises of God for your life, for my life. Is there? It is already written, and the word of God is what's life. The word of God is life. It's through the word of God that we gain access to the kingdom. It also showed that God completed his works. He didn't leave any undone. God completed everything. Like, he didn't leave anything undone. He finished everything. This clearly tells us that God doesn't embark on something he cannot finish. He finishes it. And not only that, he finishes his work. He perfects it. Are you are you encouraged this morning? Because... I'm very, very encouraged. When I was reading this Bible passage, I was so encouraged. He said, it also showed that God completed his works. He didn't leave any unfinished or undone. So, he's trying to tell you that God does not embark on something that he cannot finish. He's the God that when he sees impossibilities, he makes it possible. And things that he can't do shows that it doesn't exist. That thing does not exist at all. So, if God finished something, he perfects that thing. He will do it in such a way that when men see it, they'll be like, who did this thing? Who is your God? Because at the end of the day, all glory goes to him. Now, let's look at Genesis chapter 2, the insights drawn from Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2, verse 2 and 3 says, it said, God rested after all his work. God rested after all his work. He rested. This is trying to tell us that if God rested after his work, then this passage is talking to us. This this passage is talking to us as a person, as a group, individual, etc. is talking to us. We need rest as humans. We need to take care of ourselves. For so many of us that work and work and work, we do so many things. We want to get everything done a day. We want to do everything once. As a student, like, to get to a point that I want to read everything, I want to do everything, I may go to lectures, I'll come back, okay, read, I'll not even have time to eat, then I'll go to night class again, I'll come back, especially all this during an exam period. But here, God is trying to tell us that. If I rested, if Jesus rested, if our master, if our father, our heavenly father rested after his work, how much more you that he created? That means rest is something so essential. It's not rocket science. 
is something essential. It's something that is mandatory that humans do. You have to rest. You have to take care of yourself. God didn't create us for us to kill ourselves. For us to know, you have to take care of yourself. Then, from Genesis 1 and 2. Even when the Lord divided the seas into different forms. This is trying to tell us that our Lord is a God of Lord of orderliness and composure. When we read Genesis chapter 2, verse 1 and 2, we can see how God divided the seas. He gave them names. River Ephrates, River Tisha, ETC, the different rivers. He gave them names. He divided it into forms, different forms. This is trying to tell us that our God is a God of orderliness and composure. And as humans, we also need to order things in our lives. We need, we need to place order in our lives. We don't need to live carelessly, hopelessly. We need to place order. We need to place order in our lives. The things you do, everything, daily activities, your personal life, I believe we need to place order in it. We need to say this is how it should be done. This is how this thing shouldn't be done. This is what I accept. This is what I don't want to accept as human beings. Another insight, God presents us with good and evil and teaches us what you need to know. But doesn't force you into doing his will. It's left for you to choose your own path. God presents us with good and evil. He shows us good and evil when he created Adam and Eve. And then in the Garden of Eden. We know the story of Adam and Eve, how everything happened. So God is a God that he shows you good and evil. He teaches you what is good. He teaches you what is evil. He tells you what you need to know. But he doesn't force you to follow his will. He's left for you to choose your path. He's left for you to say, eh, this, this is the path I should follow. This is the path I will not follow. That's God for you. Then, we also see the importance of togetherness. As a man, you need a woman. You know, God created a man. Not just that he created a man, but he had to provide a companion for a man. Do you think that God was foolish for doing that? No, God was not foolish. God was in his right senses when he did that. So, we see the importance of togetherness, of coming together. We see the importance of relationship with pe people. As a man, you need a woman. As a woman, you need a man. We need to relate with other people. We need to coexist with people. We need to be together with people. That was the purpose of God when he created man and the woman. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, let's go to Matthew chapter 1. From Matthew 1 to 17, this is trying to show us that we'll all come from somewhere. God is our creator, but then we are traced from an offspring. Praise the living God. Just try to read Matthew chapter 1. Read from 1 to 17. We will see the creations of God. We we even see how God even how Jesus came about. The generation of Jesus. This is trying to show us that we all come from somewhere. Each and every one of us come from somewhere. We come from an offspring. We are traced from an offspring. Matthew 18, 19, verse 18 and 19 shows us here how Joseph kept the secret of Mary being pregnant. He kept it privately. 
when Joseph got to know that Mary was pregnant. Instead of Joseph to go and tell people that, ah, Mary is pregnant too, or maybe to go and tell his friends that, ah, this girl is pregnant. She has even gotten pregnant. Oh my God, God forbid. Or, in fact, go and circulate the news. Joseph didn't do that. Joseph kept it secret. Joseph kept it privately. This is teaching us that we should learn to do things privately. Let's learn to bridle our tongues. Let's learn to be our brother's uh, a, a, a keeper. When I mean keeper, let's learn to keep our brother's secret. Even though both of you quarrel, this is, I'm to, as I'm talking to you, I'm talking to myself. I'm, I, I learned today. I learned a lot today. As a man or woman, we should not be quick to damage other people's reputation. No matter what that person did to you. That is why God talks about forgiveness. Hallelujah. Amen. Obedience is also the main lesson derived from this passage. Joseph obeyed. Joseph obeyed God. In spite of everything, even in the confusion, Joseph still obeyed. We should learn to obey God even in situations that seems unreasonable. Just obey. You always have a reason for your obedience. We even see the story of Moses, how Moses obeyed God when God was like, leave your father's house and go to a land, a land that Moses don't even know. Sorry, I mean Abraham, a land that Abraham don't even know. And Abraham obeyed God. So we should learn to obey God in situations that even seems unreasonable. Let's just obey him. You always have reasons for demanding for your obedience. He also obeyed God with his heart. We should learn to obey God with our hearts. Not because of the favor we have, we would gain from being obedient to him. But because God deserves our total submission. He deserves all this thing from us. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's sing before we pray. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship His holy name. Sing like never before, oh my soul, I worship His holy name. Let's pray. Father, I bless you for the gift of life because your word giveth understanding and wisdom. Father, be thou exalted in the name of Jesus. Thank you for this word. I believe that this word gave us life. It gave us insights. It showed us that you're a God of, of, of great things. And because you have power and because we are created in your image, you need our total submission and obedience. Father, thank you and may your name be highly exalted in Jesus' name. Amen.